In case 17-1026, Garza versus Idaho, Justice Sotomayor has the opinion of the Court. A defendant who claims a denial of effective assistance of counsel under the Sixth Amendment generally must prove that both, one, that counsel's representation has fallen below an objective standard of reasonableness, and two, that this deficiency has been prejudicial to her defense. In certain contexts, however, courts presume prejudice. For example, when the accused has been denied counsel at a critical stage of trial. In the 2000 case Roe versus Flores Ortega, this court recognized another situation in which prejudice should be presumed. When an attorney's deficient performance deprives the defendant of an appeal that the defendant would have otherwise pursued. This case asks whether that presumption applies even when the defendant has, in the course of pleading guilty, signed what is often called an appeal waiver. We hold that it does. In this case, the petitioner, Garza, signed two plea agreements, each of which said that he was waiving his right to appeal. Shortly after sentencing, Garza told his trial attorney that he wished to appeal. Although the attorney recognized that Garza wished to appeal, the attorney chose not to file a notice of appeal because of Garza's appeal waivers. A notice of appeal is a short, largely pro forma document that preserves the defendant's right to appeal. With no notice of appeal having been filed, Garza forfeited his right to appeal. Four months later, he sought post-conviction relief in Idaho State Court, alleging that his trial counsel had rendered ineffective assistance of, of counsel by failing to file notices of appeal despite Garza's requests. While the phrase appeal waiver may sound like an end to all appellate claims, that is misleading. In fact, while appeal waivers come in all shapes and sizes, even the broadest appeal waiver leaves at least some claims unweighed. Most fundamentally, courts agree that defendants retain the right to challenge whether the waiver itself was knowing and voluntary. While the choice of what arguments to raise is counsel's, the choice of whether to take an appeal at all is the defendant's. As the Court explained in Flores Ortega, Filing a notice of appeal is a purely ministerial task, and the failure to file reflects inattention to the defendant's wishes. Thus, Garza's attorney rendered deficient performance by not filing his requested notices of appeal. As for prejudice, Flores Ortega explained that when counsel's deficient performance cost the defendant an appeal that the defendant otherwise would have taken, prejudice should be presumed with no further showing from the defendant of the merits of his underlying claims. That is because, the Court explained, counsel's deficiency in such a situation forfeits an appellate proceeding altogether, and there is no disciplined way to accord any presumption of reliability to judicial proceedings that never took place. A straightforward application of Flores Ortega thus resolves this case, despite the fact that Garza surrendered many possible claims. First, this Court has already made clear that we do not bend the the presumption of prejudice rule 
simply because we think that a defendant had particular poor merits prospects. Second, while the defendant in Flores Ortega did not sign an appeal waiver, he did plead guilty. As the Court pointed out, pleading guilty already reduces the scope of potentially appealable issues on its own. The State of Idaho and the U.S. Government and its amicus resist this conclusion by disputing whether Garza had a right to his appeal and proposing that a defendant in Garza's position should first have to show that he sought to appeal a non-waived issue or that there were non-frivolous grounds for an appeal. We decline these suggestions. After all, a defendant who has signed an appeal waiver still retains a general right to appeal, despite having fewer possible claims. And the Court has already rejected attempts to condition the restoration of appellate rights on proof that the defendant's appeal had merit. Moreover, because there is no right to counsel in post-conviction proceedings, asking appellants who may well be indigent and pro se to demonstrate that their appeals had merit before any advocate has ever reviewed the record would, as we explained in Flores Ortega, lead to unfair and unreliable results. The more trustworthy and workable rule is the one compelled by our precedent, which also happens to be the rule already in use in eight of the ten Federal circuits to have considered the question. For these and other reasons set forth in our opinion, we reverse the judgment of the Supreme Court of Idaho and remand for further proceedings not inconsistent with this opinion. Justice Thomas has filed a dissenting opinion in which Justice Gorsuch has joined in full and Justice Alito has joined in part.